You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued Amazing Race coverage here on the Oz Network. I said that, but I'm saying again. Uh, we have an amazing finale to get to, at, at the very least, the very end. But we have two exciting legs to get through. They were in London, and then they were in somewhere else. There were challenges, but most importantly, Colin Christie won. So uh, let's get right into it. I'm Rossi, and Colin's here. I am. And are we all doing it in this voice? Yes, because that's my announcing voice. Okay. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen's here, and she's not coughing this time. No, and I'm so happy for that guy on Facebook that Colin's back. Yeah, Colin, you've been missing out. We've been getting a lot of hate messages from your number one fan. So good to have you back. Well, I'm glad to uh, end the hatred. (laughs) Well, we'll see what we have to say this episode. (laughs) Nicole's people will be getting at us. Uh, And we're joined, of course, the team man himself, Jared. Thank you. It's, um, It's good to be back on one of the best finales ever. Um, just purely based on the result. <laughs> yes, Good, we're all in agreement. Well, was there any surprise? I don't know. I haven't been here the whole season. I was worried. You, you haven't listen? been listening? <laughs> well, of, of, of course I've been listening, just not to our show. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so rude. I put so much effort, and Kristen put so much effort into... <laughs> Talking about these amazing legs. It's on the list, okay? I've got other things going on. <laughs> you spent too much time putting top 50s out that you didn't have time to listen. Hey, Amazing Race made that top 50. It made that top 20. I wouldn't know. I didn't listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just get into the episode. Obviously, good ending, right? Question mark. Yes. Yes. The best ending ever. Yes. Um, all right. So I almost it, wish right? we had a detractor, honestly. A detractor? What? A detractor, <laughs> like somebody who hates that they won. Oh. I mean, I mean like, maybe that's the reason Ben and Nick decided not to come on. Maybe. Big Nicole and Victor fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we like? The episode itself, outside of the result, Call I did. It? Or Kristen, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Colin, um, well, I'll be honest. The first half, um, I guess the final four episode, I thought was good, but I've already forgotten pretty much everything they'd done. But the finale itself, like I, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a finale for Amazing Race that much. Uh, even taking the uh, the winners aside, it was just every single challenge was great. Something something was actually working that hasn't worked for the entire season. They, they ended on a very high note. Jared, did you like the episodes? Um, I thought the like... first one was was good. Um, the finale. I think it was really exciting and it worked, but I think if you look at the challenges um, separately, I thought they were kind of pretty weak. Um, <gasps> and there were a, a couple of issues. It was just really weird not to have 
um, your stock standard kind of um, let's go through all the legs from the race and remember stuff challenge. Um, <gasps> but yeah, I think they worked because it was so close and like the, the lead kind of changed up throughout and it was just this kind of battle between Colin and Christian, Tyler and Corey. Um, but I thought like the challenges themselves, if you take them out of the episode and look at them separately, they were just like um, kind of lame. Colin, you have many reactions. <laughs> uh, yeah, who's in charge? Who's allowed to fire Jared from this podcast? <laughs> Completely disagree. I, I'll, I'll say this. The record-pressing challenge, maybe not the most exciting thing in the world, but I thought the judge guy they had was great. But um, you know, not having that typical finale challenge, I thought worked just because of how chaotic the final challenge was. Uh, you know, Both teams ended up with one tiny mistake and production couldn't have planned it this way. It was just, you know, perfect the way it all played out this tiny mistake. They couldn't get past. It wasn't even the same mistake for both sides, you know, just the the entire setting of all those people, all the drums, the choir, it was epic. It was like, you know, something that you would have scripted for the amazing race movie. Is that a plug coming soon? (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope. I mean, where, where can Colin Christie go from here but the big screen? Uh, well, that's a big leap for them. But they have a great life movie coming out, I bet, on their journey <laughs> through self-discovery. I think it's going to be a book, surely. An e-book, self-published. Like, My Ox is Broken, The Life Story or something? Mm-hmm. How to well, Fix not- Your Ox. I was thinking, she's our coach, she's our tribe, sacred feminine. <laughs> the motion picture. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> there was quite a lot of interesting things throughout. Um, should we talk about the one that got rid of our favorite team, the first leg? Or should we just sure. skip that? <laughs> Somebody else go first, though, because you need to jog my memory. Yeah, essentially, it was London, and they uh, got to decipher codes, and we had the Amazing Race Alliance against the Big Brother team, and Christy failed at that challenge, and then and then they did the crabs, and then they met Winston and Churchill. Christy failed at, at that as well. <laughs> and then Christy couldn't row the boat, and then they saw Winston Churchill... They dressed a mannequin, and then our favorite team was eliminated. Does that remember? Fresh memory. I actually liked this episode. I mean, I thought it was good. I think for, I think going into the finale, I think we were. Very, I was very nervous. Like, is it going to be one of those like, like at a certain point, the fourth place team is just out because there's like no more clues or something? But it was an actual leg, and I thought that made it exciting. It had all the stock standard challenges you wanted. It had your roadblock, your detour. It had some extra things. And it was interesting throughout, I think, some of the order changes made it interesting. Like, we've not gotten a whole lot of that this season, but this last two legs really delivered. I liked that these challenges were actually difficult. Like, nobody finished it in one try, and you had, like, three teams all switch away from the rowing because it was too difficult. Like, I kind of like that they had to actually fight for a million dollars. And uh, how did we feel about our uh, big, or not big brother alliance, our 
Amazing Race Alliance in this penultimate leg. I mean, there's been the Amazing Race Alliance the entire season so far. Um, something I just found interesting is that I, I've had this box set for a couple of months now and then haven't actually had the time or uh, motivation to watch it. But uh, this afternoon, I just started rewatching season one of The Amazing Race. And um, A, to what Kristen was saying about it actually being challenging, you know, I think season after season, I keep coming on here and talking about, yeah, I just wish that they would make this like real challenging, like make them really fight for it. And then I'm watching season one and like in episode two, they're having to climb the stairs up to the top of the Eiffel Tower, given no clue and just saying, hey, find the next place to go. And like there's you have half the episode, people just looking around, struggling, figuring out where they're going to go. And I think the show has missed that in recent seasons. This season overall, I think it became a little bit more challenging. Um, The second part on the whole Alliance thing, you know, uh, watching season one, they end episode one with the top three teams making an alliance and saying, hey, let's all work together. And then by the end of the second episode, they're like, hey, this alliance thing is stupid. Like, that's the (laughs) one thing I I think it's fine early on in the race to have alliances and everything. Um, But I kept wondering when you're getting this close to the end, like when I was watching you know, Tyler and Corey kind of helping Christy with her Dunkirk puzzle or whatever. Uh, and then later on when the teams are just even just giving little bits of, okay, okay, just do this or whatever. Like this is right at the end. This is where the Alliance should stop. This is the reason on Survivor why they say, okay, it's a Alliance all the way down to the final five, because it makes no sense after that to be helping anybody. What if Nicole and Victor had suddenly pulled ahead of everybody else and you just help Christy and they end up beating you by what? 30 seconds. It's just, the idea of alliances I don't think works in the amazing race unless you know you're all the way at the top and there's not a lot of competition or there is a lot of competition behind you. Yeah, the alliance that was the amazing race, even though it was really mostly Tyron Corley and Colin Christie, like really kind of backfired. I mean, this is more um, result-oriented opinion, but like they ended up beating Tyler and Corey at the very end of it. Mm -hmm. Like, had they not helped, they may have eliminated Colin and Christy in that leg and probably would have won. So Yeah, yeah I'm going to be entirely results-oriented because I don't love the concept of alliances on The Amazing Race. And if I loved Nicole and Victor or if, like, Rachel and Melissa were sitting here at the end, I would be... <sighs> annoyed that this was all happening and I would be like wow Tyler and Corey are so stupid but this played out exactly how I wanted it to because like I don't like Nicole and Victor I was so happy to see them out first and then this was the exact finishing order I wanted to see so like I really can't complain in this particular situation yeah it's I mean it's more upsetting for Tyler and Corey because they probably could have won and they kind of ruined it for themselves uh but i completely agree this was literally the dream finishing order for me mm-hmm. so can't complain not upset just like should we really have alliances on the top four especially when you don't know how this like this leg could have been one of those continue like get cut off kind of things they, i almost we thought it was too like when they checked in and then they made them run around the market or whatever like, here's your next clue. I thought that it was just going to go straight into the finale. Although, um, I'll let everybody else talk about it, but just a quick poll so we can maybe bring it up later. Did anybody else know about the 
spoiler, the kind of leak that Nicole and Victor were the ones that went home based on the preview? I heard about it, but I heard it from people saying it got spoiled, but like I didn't actually see the spoiler. Mm. It was basically, in case nobody else knows, that when they had the preview at the end of the last week's episode, uh, they showed the the height challenge, uh, like repelling down the building or whatever, and they said, uh, I can't remember which team it was, it said, this is for a million dollars, clearly indicating this is going to be one of the final three challenges, and then it showed the two other teams that were in that challenge that did not show Nicole and Victor. Mm-hmm. Standard CBS promo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't complaining, you know. <laughs> so you knew, and your predictions were totally based off this preview. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Colin Cheater. <laughs> I love the moment where Phil is checking in teams, and he has to be quiet so as not to, like... Yeah. <laughs> like Oh, it's, it's really public here, so I'm just going to whisper this to you. And at first, you're kind of like, what is going on here? And then I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, but I just thought that moment was really funny. And I just agree with everything that's been said. I think alliances, like, so late in the game are really detrimental. Um, I think you want to be helping kind of, like, the weakest teams at this point get into the final four with you, so you, final three with you, so you have a better chance of winning. Um, so, yeah, I think funny in hindsight, uh, the way everything finished up. Yeah, we talked a lot about, I know last time Jared and I were talking about, you know, at this claim to the end, toward the end of the race, you're like, all gloves are off, like, it's my, it's me or no one kind of deal, and it's still a little weird that it happened, but I guess it falls in the character of the two teams, like, Colin and Christy, and they're like, peace, love, and positive energy, (laughs) and like, Tyler and Corey, like, we're friends with everyone, so we'll help anyone kind of thing that they've been, like, talking about all season. So I can't say that it came out of nowhere. It's just, I'm a little upset that it's a thing, as much as I love that Nicole and Victor were eliminated. Crap! Uh, <laughs> oh, we have her on the line right now, Nicole. <laughs> That's the only word I can say like her. She just always yells that, and I love it. Oh, crap! Um... <laughs> uh, if we need another impersonation, I'll go to you. <laughs> How do we feel about some of the challenges? Were we, um, I know we talked about them being challenging, but was that specific to the final leg? Was it the whole episode? Did Kristen, how did you feel about the challenges going in? I mean, we're looking at both episodes now? Uh, just the first one. I didn't know if you, you made a comment that they were challenging, and I didn't know if that was for what leg. So. Oh, yeah, that was for the first one. I did. I liked both of the challenges, actually. I didn't think that they made, like, amazing TV, but I thought it was interesting that we got to, like, see the strategies that the teams kind of employed, where it was, like, I wonder if Nicole and Victor may have been able to finish the rowing if they did exactly what Colin and Christy did. Like, they kind of know their strengths, and they know that Colin is good at literally everything, and they just kind of had Christy opt out. And... <laughs> Like, you could see when uh, Nicole and Victor were rowing that, like, her paddles were literally just, like, sitting on top of his. Like, she couldn't pull them. And so, like, her we- her physical weakness was never going to allow them to finish that unless they came up with something different, which is what Colin and Christy did. So, I don't know. I found them both to be somewhat interesting and, and just 
could tell that they were difficult. Nobody finished them in one, two, probably even three attempts. And that's kind of what I look for in a leg like this, where I'm like, oh, I would have a really hard time doing either of those. And that, to me, makes a better, like, penultimate leg um, set of challenges. I think especially the cab challenge, like, I, I was watching this, it was probably like 4.35 in the morning. I just woke up and, you know, couldn't sleep. So I'm like, oh, let me try to get through this episode. Even though I know Nicole and Victor are not winning. Oh, can, can I bring myself to care about the finale, even though they're clearly <laughs> out of this? Uh, but I thought to myself for a second, I'm like, is this like a nightmare I'm having? Because <laughs> the challenge, you watch these things and you're like, oh, that would be really hard. And then you hear the way they set this up, like 1,000 turns you know 1200 landmarks and i'm like they're gonna have to remember all of this like am i in a dream right now but even just when they're doing it i mean it's like 22 you know different directions or landmarks they had to memorize i'm like i can't even comprehend how anybody could do this even just in like the four or five tries that it took you know a couple of them um the rowing one you know was great too especially with colin and christy because just their entire story i mean season five will always be my favorite amazing race season i think it's the only one i've watched like three times uh and to see colin who lost out to chip and kim i could hear in my head colin going like wwcd what would chip do it's like chip does everything let kim just sit there you know and that's basically christy be kim i'll be chip and it's that's the other thing. It was like, how does he possibly get through that? Like, this doesn't even seem human that a person could do this all by themselves. A little bit of disappointment, though, and I don't know if Jared was with me, too. You know, they set up, like, how great this sport is, and uh, I don't know how big it is in England anymore. I know that in Canada, this is, like, one of our most successful sports is rowing. Uh, and then they said you know, they're going to be led by two Olympians, and then we never hear who these Olympians are. They, they never really show them. I, th- I think they're just there as the stand-ins at the beginning. That was a little bit of a letdown. But I always love to see people crash and burn. And, you know, well, the Afghanimals are stressing out, you know, because they can't remember how to pronounce Piccadilly. Uh, you know, seeing teams capsize over and over again was good entertainment. I will say that I did not watch this episode at 4 or 5 in the morning. And I thought the exact same thing you did. It was like 1,000 directions. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I would never even get close to that if that was the challenge. Uh, thankfully, it was only 22 sort of root info challenge, like based things. Uh, but I thought that some of the strategies about it were cool. I think that Tyler and Corey like, really show like how they're smart about the race. Like when they said, all right, one of you, like I'll do the lefts and you do the rights. Mm. And like I thought that was a really smart way of breaking it down. Cause you saw the Afghanimals do it and they were a mess at sometimes. Like like one of them would cut the other one off and be like, No, it was this and then No, that like, was mine. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be wrong. Uh again, going on the tradition of one of the Afghanimals being convinced that they're right when they're wrong. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was a really fun challenge and the rowing was intense, obviously. How else are Colin and Christy going to get through a challenge, but literally let Colin do everything? (laughs) Uh, We've seen this like six or seven times on the race alone. And yeah, it's, it's no, like it's them. Like there's no other team that could have done that. Uh, Like Colin just was a machine. Chip could (laughs) have. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Jared, how did you feel about the challenges? 
I just thought that was so good this episode. I think the only thing that would have made things better is if there was some um, self-navigation, but I was kind of fine with the whole um, helicopter ride over the White Cliffs of Dover and then the speedboat for, for like, no apparent reason. Um, I think this is just, like, like everybody said, the fact the challenges were so difficult was amazing. Um, and I think, like, the stock standard, like, um, test for if a detour is good is that the challenges require different skills um because i feel like that was such like a staple of like old amazing rays and it still kind of is a thing but obviously we don't get that spiel from from feel about how if teams are physical they'll be able to do this fast but this is less physical but um if teams can pay attention like this that whatever else um so i liked that yeah one was just like purely um physical and then the other one was like purely mental um and the fact they were both, I think, equally difficult in their own ways um, was good. And just Colin doing the whole thing by himself and Christy struggling <laughs> to just keep, like, her one job of keeping, like, the um, oars out of the water. And she's still, like, struggling. <laughs> like, my arms hurt and, and this, that, whatever else. I'm like, um, you're doing nothing. Just, like, come on. Um, and I was, this whole episode, I was just so worried for Colin and Christy. Like, it's probably, like, the most tense I've ever been watching an episode um and like the fact that they were able to pull through and Colin was actually able to do this by himself was just um so impressive. It was so like worrisome for anyone who was really rooting for Colin and Christy, which I assume all of us were. So worry. that uh like after Christy couldn't do the roadblock, which I felt like was quite challenging. Like I, I didn't quite understand it. Like I don't think the show really explained it well. Uh unless you guys are like, wow, you're an idiot. That was so obvious, but it just seems so hard. Uh, and then all the other teams were gone and she's like, I don't know what this phrase is. And she's like sending in like random letters. Uh, she said, the sergeant in her, was not happy. She said in her exit interview with uh, Rob Sesternino that he like threw the crumpled up paper in her face and they like, didn't show that on the show. I like that guy though. Oh, the judge guy? Yeah, I wish that, like, more people messed up because he was so mad. He was like, what did he even say to her? He was like, this is gibberish. And just, like, <laughs> that was it. You're a disgrace to this unit. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I also didn't quite understand what the hell was going on. So it's not just you. Did nobody else see the movie Dunkirk? Nope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And? <laughs> well, that would have helped with the challenge. <laughs> well, Christy doesn't have time for movies. She's, I don't know what else. She's doing yoga. She's being a free spirit. Whatever she's doing. <laughs> uh, there were so many similarities uh, between the last time, like, they were in London when we covered, uh, what was it, 25 that we covered? Because I remember there was that angry drill sergeant when they were in London. I love that you have a memory of season 25. <laughs> I just remember like the the that like little challenge where there was like a drill sergeant or something and he was yelling at them. I don't know. This I, just reminds me. I remember loving season 25. I don't remember the the drill instructor though. Yeah. All right. Colin cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> like I I barely remember like last week, so <laughs> Oh, if you asked me any question about last week, I'd be like, uh, who was eliminated? <laughs> uh, but 
yeah, challenges were fun. Colin and Christy in danger, but obviously Colin does what he does best and just does everything. Um, and again, they're doing their this twist, not really a twist, but this like classic thing this season where like there's a surprise pit stop thing. Like we've gotten it where you got to choose which way to get to the pit stop. This time it was a separate challenge at the pit stop. Did we like this? Oh, I liked the the surprise of you're not finished. Um, I I I think it was kind of sloppy. There were a little, maybe one too many things they had to do. So maybe I was just kind of exhausted at this point in the episode. But he described everything, and then you saw the teams going around collecting their items, and I was still wondering. So what exactly did they have to do? I was just paranoid that. Colin and Chrissy were going to lose, and I was so annoyed when there was another challenge. I was like, no, and then when they couldn't find those stupid purple boots in the disco techno <laughs> store, I was so convinced that they were going home. As soon as they looked in there, and they were right there, and then they went back upstairs and started looking elsewhere, I was like, they're not going to go back into the shop. They're going home. This is so bad. This is, I can't believe this. this. is so annoying. I was like, my world was like tumbling and like crashing down, and then when they went back in there, I was so excited, and I was just so over the top. Um... So it was okay in the end, but originally I was so annoyed. I was like, they finally got ahead of another team, and now you've given them another challenge, and Purple's stupid boots are going to send them home. <laughs> this is like the most emotional I've ever heard you on a podcast before. <laughs> this definitely rivals uh, yelling at Ben for spoiling Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, that challenge is interesting. I At first I thought it was fun because everyone was struggling to find these random items that were just thrown around the entire market but then like as it went on I was just like kind of fatigued like it was just the same thing over and over again and like some teams would be like we can't find the rug and then other teams were like where are the boots like it just it was too long like I, I could have done I was fine with it and then it just kept going on and on and on and like teams were like I can't find this we're going to be eliminated and they find it and it's just kind of boring. Kristen, did you like it? Um, I should probably point out that I was out on whatever night this aired and I watched the last 20 minutes of it because I didn't want it to get spoiled. So I kind of already knew everything that happens. Um, so I didn't have that like panic about Colin and Christy. Um, like I already knew that they were in the final, but um, I kind of liked the idea of this challenge. I just didn't love how it played out. Like, I think they all kind of, like, it's not like anybody was able to sneak in. Like, the fourth place team didn't get to get into the top three. And, like, it did just drag. Like, how you guys are talking about that, like, it was hard to follow on TV, I think. Like, you couldn't really tell because they were dropping all their stuff off off the mat that you, like, didn't know what they had. They weren't doing, like, a little, like, checkbox thing at the bottom. You know how there's sometimes, like, the, like, do they have the hat? Do they have the shoes? And they, like, X them out. Like, I had no idea what anybody had. I had no idea what they were still looking for. Like, it was just kind of sloppily done. But, like, I kind of liked the concept of everybody thinking they're getting there and either getting into the top three or being eliminated and then they have that like they need to come up with that extra burst of energy and just like finish the leg so i mean there were some pros and cons there for me i just want to see the the finish of this where uh they're checking in like colin christy is like okay hat shoes christy put down that oar <laughs> like she's still holding it 
But then she'd complain that her arms hurt. Oh, my arms hurt! <laughs> you guys are so mean. Hey, blame Colin. He made the the thing about the ore. Hey, no, nobody dislikes Christy. She's great. <laughs> it's a great... Like, here's the thing. Colin and Christy, this is going to go through both episodes. Their entire story arc... I said this on episode one. Could not have been scripted better. That you have... This really intense, stressed out team, you know, a lot of frustration in their original season, both of them, I mean, Colin and Christy. And then they come back and it's, you know, Zen and Buddhist, <laughs> whatever else. Uh, and they're so like, you know, peace and, and sacred feminine or whatever else it is. And I, the whole season, I kept thinking, I was like, I know we're going to have at least one Colin and Christy moment, like classic Colin and Christy moment. Who's going to be the one to break? The fact that Christy was the one that broke, I mean, I think that makes it even better. Like, I, I, I didn't want them, as much as I love new Colin Christie, I didn't want to go the entire season and not see a classic Colin and Christie moment. Uh, disagree, but... <laughs> well, okay, we're jumping ahead. I mean, maybe I'll let you get there. But, like, you didn't love the, the whole flip out on the cab driver thing? Oh, I like that, but I felt like what people were expecting was, like, my ox is broken, like, meltdown, or, like, the taxi cab, like, here's just $100 and throw it in the guy's face moment, <laughs> which is not what I wanted. Like, I I wanted some tension. Like, obviously, we I don't watch this show to watch Colin and Christy, Keith Zen vibe, life. I want some tension. So, like, yes, I liked that moment. Like, I was... I was like, finally, we saw something from them. But, I mean, what you're... I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, what we... We've talked about this before, that we, like, in the first couple episodes, thought there was going to be some, like, major freakout, and then we realized, like, okay, that's not going to happen. I still don't think anything that happened here was, like, that big of a deal. Like, it's not outside the realm of, like, anything anybody else would do, and nobody's looking at it and saying, like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. Because we had a moment with Christy in the cab, and then we also had a moment where um, Colin kind of just lost it for a minute at the drum kit when he's just, like, standing there and can't figure it out. And she had to, like, calm him down and have him take a breath. Um, but I do think that they're, like, I, I am the only woman on this podcast, and I feel like I should just, like, mention this. Because, I, I mean, I guess you guys, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to chime in on how you feel about it, but just like, I'm kind of glad that we didn't see anything like crazy from them. Like this is proof that like people can actually change because I'm going to go out and say that Colin exhibited some like abusive behavior on his first time out there. And like people always say like people never change and people that act like that are always going to be horrible. And like to actually see this like story arc on our TVs that we get to see this guy who like was really not a nice guy and got so angry about so many things um, to see him turn into like this other guy and like kind of ditch like that whole like toxic masculinity thing where he like has to be angry about everything and he has to be the manly man. Like he can still be amazing at all of these tasks and be like this, like, Christy only looks bad because Colin is so good and like he can be this guy and still be a good human and it was kind of very cool for me to see that 
happen on TV and like just the arc that they got from losing in second place to finally winning after coming back and having this complete turnaround. Well, I completely agree. I mean, I I could go on a whole rant about, you know, the unfortunate thing is that for the most part in the world today, people just assume nobody will ever change. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so then what difference are you ever going to make? But with Colin and Christie, I think the reason I wanted to see some classic Colin and Christie Partly, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I, I love the idea that it's like they can come back here and see, look at how much they change. But it would be very easy in watching a show like this. And I almost got this impression on episode one. I'm like, are they playing this as characters? Because I always said this this feels like you couldn't script anything this good. Are mm-hmm. they playing this up for the cameras? And being able to see, not Colin, but see Christy kind of lose it it made it even better for me because it shows no, none of this was for the cameras. Like no matter who you are, like anybody's going, like you said, any team has had moments like that throughout. But the fact that we saw Colin and Christie at least each have that one really tense, stressed out moment. Yeah. Everybody can change and everybody can be better, but they're still the same person. And it's, it's not like it's easy. It's something that they still have to, you know, control almost on a daily basis and that's why i like all these moments throughout the season when we would see colin and christy both being like okay okay let's just calm down let's take a step back because it's never going to be easy for them i mean there are some things that you can't change some people are born with a certain type of personality you know uh if i were to go on the amazing race with jamie there's certain things about my personality that's like you know what? In the worst situations, I'm going to look bad. There's certain mm-hmm. things about her her personality. In the worst situations, she's always going to look bad. But we got to see them keep that under control, but also show they're still the same person. It's not like this is for the cameras, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I just I think that what we saw from them with those those stressed out moments was it was just like seeing realness. Like, not that what mm-hmm. they are isn't real like I think that what they have become is also real but just to see like that's normal that's going to happen in any relationship and they're in mm-hmm. this like super high pressure situation like they're that close to losing or getting a million bucks and like like that's normal for anybody so mm-hmm. I almost I almost feel like dirty saying like I want to see the nice zen people freak out but like, I still get what you're saying. It just mm-hmm. like it feels weird almost to say like, oh, I want Colin to revert to being that horrible guy again. Like, there's something that feels wrong about v- me. Well, I want I want to see a version of that to know it's still the same person, and it's yeah good. To, it almost makes it better because you see, it's not just through these perfect people who always have it under control. It's like no, it's still a struggle for them. It, they're this way. They're as good as they are now because they work at it every single day. Yeah, I think in, instead of saying, like, it's it's them, like, having a freak out, it was them kind of just, like, being not, be, yeah, like, not being able to maintain that zen constantly, which is mm-hmm. normal. Like, I, I totally get it. I, yeah. I felt like it stripped the superhuman yeah. out of them. So, because I felt like in the first few legs, they were very, like, robotic. Like, I felt like. They were like, okay, we're going to do this task. We're super zen. And, like, as it got on, like, we talked about, like, Colin's crazy coming out throughout it. And, like, this just showed that, like, they're normal. They're just a little extra zen now. Yeah, and I don't think you could fake that in a high-pressure situation like this. Like, 
we would have had to see some serious stuff come out over the course of the season. Like, I really think they are completely different in a great way, and I'm very happy for them. I literally, like, so many times this episode, I'm, like, on the verge of tears because, like, I was literally, like, I sound stupid, but, like, I was literally, like, so proud of, like, where they have come in 15 years that they're two com- they seem like two completely different teams that we're watching and it was just really cool to see like when they did have those freakouts they didn't fight each other that's always the way to make things worse is when somebody's freaking out that the other person starts like screaming over them and like when Colin would freak out Christy would have him like right in the eye and be able to calm him down and he kind of tried to do the same thing with her and I just think the whole thing was really cool to see Nothing but love for Colin and Christy, though, we'll say. We put out the peace, love, and positive energy for them. So we have to, do we have to give a goodbye to Nicole and Victor, or are we just, like, done? Cramp. (laughs) (laughs) That sums it up. (laughs) All right, moving on. The last leg, uh, back to U.S., uh, they talk a lot about Colin, not Colin, uh, Tyler Gorey being from Michigan made no difference, but they were selling that. And the challenges was the the scaling down the building without Nicole and Victor as the preview would tell us. And then the safe like unlocking, which proved to be way more hard, like way harder than we thought, I guess, or what the or Leo was just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been hard. I I want to. Okay, so th- uh, there's um a certain room at our work that you know needs to be checked every once in a while. It's just like um an electrical panel room, and there's a little lockbox thing to get into, just to get the key to get into that door. And it is the simplest code in the world, but like I will do that thing once a month like probably four, five, six times in a row before I eventually get the lock. So I actually really felt for him because this was really complicated. It's just, you know, you miss one little detail and you're not going to get it. I think I should point out that a few episodes ago, I pointed out that Leo's biggest downfall is he sucks his attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, yikes, that is exactly what happens. And I, I, I wanted to point this out earlier, but I didn't get a chance to jump in. Um, on Leo and Jamal's exit interview, they claimed that they were saving Jamal for a, like, memory task, like, something that they normally have that they were expecting, and that's the reason that they put Leo in on this, so I wonder if anything could have changed if they knew that wasn't coming. I just thought that was an interesting Mm. uh, point that they made. Sharon, did you thoughts? Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the whole scaling the building for the numbers um, was a bit pointless, but I suppose it looked good for TV. Um, and then I'm just glad that this was difficult because on the surface it looked like it could have been fairly straightforward. And when you see Colin get it straight away, um, that was like, oh, is this just going to be everybody in and out? Um, but the fact that uh, Leah really struggled... Um, <laughs> So much to the point where they just don't even show them um, <laughs> for the rest of the episode, which I, I don't know if I was a big fan of that kind of uh, technique. Um, but I just love the way that they highlighted like what he was doing wrong. 
Um, so you can kind of tell like, why is this not working for him, but it's working for everybody else. Um, but it was just was very, uh, a lot more challenging than initially, even just with the amount of like dials on that safe door. I was like, why is there so many things to turn? Um, and how heavy the doors were too. Like <laughs> Tyler just like struggling, to, like open the doors, like you've got the right code, but then you can't even get in because the door is just so heavy in itself. Um, no, I thought it turned out to be a really good challenge. I thought everything about this challenge, like both parts of it, was just incredible. Uh, you know, scaling down the building, I mean, it looks great. And you know, I, I rappelled down um, a building a couple of years ago, doing it backwards, like in terms of, you know, you lower yourself down, you're facing the building. And it didn't really, like, I have no fear of heights at all. So it didn't bother me at all. But when I saw them going face first, like my heart started racing just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, this, if I had done that, I would have been terrified. <laughs> um, but does anybody else remember the numbers? Because I think we heard them over and over again, like when the teams were reciting them. And I think I was so into this challenge that I kept repeating the numbers in my head. I'm like, 724, 17, 1, 724. Uh -huh. Yeah, I still remember the numbers. I'm like, I didn't write it down or anything. And I'm, I'm assuming those are the right numbers unless yeah, somebody else are. remembers it differently. There you go. Uh, it, it made No, it this... was wrong. It was 07 and then 01. <laughs> oh, almost got it. Um, that's poor attention to detail. I'm just like Leo. But even that made this challenge so much more exciting because you, you always have these great visuals where they're skydiving or whatever. And unless you have a person who's really terrified of that, it, it doesn't end up being that intense because watching on TV doesn't really get your heart racing. But when they're repeating these numbers, it's only four numbers. Like nobody knew when they started this, you're only going to have to remember four numbers. If they did, nobody would have really been repeating it to themselves. But seeing Colin even be like, seven is the number of this, and then 14 for this. <laughs> I think they thought they would have to remember, like, one per floor. They're like, how am I going to remember 1,100 numbers or <laughs> something like that? Um, and it only had been four, but it, it made this challenge more intense. And then the vault thing, like, I agree, even with, with uh, what you're saying about the, the weight of the door. But aside from that, the fact that they said, okay, once you have the combination right, you will just spin it counterclockwise until it opens. But they don't tell you how many times. So I think that's where Leo and Jamal got caught, uh, or, or Leo got caught. He's like, okay, I'm spinning it, I'm spinning it. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, is he just going to spin this thing for two minutes straight? And I was like, maybe it'll eventually kick in because you don't know when. So that's one of those things where it's like, it's not just attention to detail. It's the lack of information you have that might make you second guess yourself. Was that even what he was supposed to be spinning? Like, I thought it was the big part of the door that he was supposed to spin until it turned or until it stopped. No, I think That's it was the, the combo. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was the larger one too. Cause I'm like, yeah. surely the combo just like, it doesn't stop. I'm like, yeah. they, I'm like, don't they just like, it would turn just like forever. Okay. So let's just, if, if either of you are ever on the amazing race with me, you take the attention to detail challenges. Cause I am Leo. <laughs> just make sure to start at the number that you're meant to be starting at. <laughs> yeah. That was so weird. <laughs> They kept like zooming in on it. And I was like, okay, he's doing it wrong. And I, like at some point, like he's gonna get it. But like obviously, there's even confusion here of what dial he was even supposed to be spinning at certain points. Like <laughs> obviously, he was not the right person for this challenge. I just, yeah. The, the, 
the fact that he started putting the numbers in in just random order. I'm like, oh, maybe it's <laughs> yeah. backwards. What like, if I have to do it backwards? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I know the clues were like the directions weren't the most straightforward, but like, where are you getting that idea from? That like all of a sudden, no, he's trying to trick us. It's backwards, and if I put in the second number first, like he just was like, was just he needed Christy in this moment to like. <laughs> Just then, like, listen to the safe and let it, let it give you the combination. But um, again, in all fairness, I mean, they're going, they're seeing these numbers backwards when they're coming down the building. So I would have been thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, was it 17 or was it 71? Because I was upside down. <laughs> was it Weren't the numbers it upside down, though? The numbers were, yeah. Well, yeah, from okay. their perspective. Yeah. Anyway, it was hard. <laughs> was it though? Because two people got it real fast. <laughs> uh, no opinion. <laughs> it. I thought it was more interesting to watch than I was expecting it to be. I thought that either it would be really challenging, and we're like sitting here, like, "Come on, someone solve it," or it was going to be all of them are in and out real quick like Colin, after Colin got it I was like oh my god it's going to take two minutes and we're going to be out of here like there's going to be no suspense but then obviously Tyler, Tyler taking longer and then Leo just not even being able to finish it <laughs> you, something that I really liked about this episode all around was how they used the location to create the challenges because I, I feel like in a lot of recent seasons it's really stretching it when you're seeing these challenges, it's clearly not something a person would really be doing in that location. Like I liked in the previous episode, the rowing. This is where people would be rowing. Uh, they picked things that were specific to Detroit. I don't know what they even mentioned was specific about these vaults. But this felt like a challenge where it was clearly set up for the purpose of a challenge. Because why are there three vault doors all side by side that have the exact same combination? But then I started to think to myself, if this was done just for the sake of production, like these are very heavy doors. They probably cost like tens of thousands of dollars each. What is the purpose of these doors? Because I can't see that this would have been set up just for the show. Is this like some type of training facility for breaking into bank vaults or something? (laughs) That white stripe. Am I the only one who's surprised by that? Like, this isn't no, the something where they're like, okay, let's 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 bring money. in a couple of you know you know fifty thousand dollar doors. Let's reset the combos. Like that seems way too complicated just to set up for the Amazing Race. No, that's why we didn't see lots of fill this episode. They blew the budget on the safe doors, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we talk about a lot of stupid challenges being set up for the Amazing Race. Uh, this one probably is up there in terms of not realistic in any way. So fair enough. But they had a lot of money given to them by this. And what was that building? Guy. Like, was that building set up just for the Amazing Race? <laughs> they built it from scratch, yeah. <laughs> this well, is did. why we only get a season every year now and not yeah, twice a year. That's why we had to wait a year for it to air. Yeah. <laughs> the building wasn't up yet. <laughs> Uh, do we like fall, f- falling? Fall, falling? What is it? Foul, f- what is it? Fouling or falling? Trying to get me started on falling. <laughs> <laughs> is this a start. thing? Oh, it's just stupid. See, this was my issue. Like, this is just a dumb challenge. Chuck a whatever you call it, football, at 
um, pins. Like, okay, maybe it's real to the area, but is this like <laughs> this is like Detroit's like tourist um, card? Like, uh, come to Detroit, Detroit. We've got fouling, which nobody can pronounce anyway because everybody thinks it's fouling. <laughs> <laughs> this was the one thing that, like I liked the way they tied in it's something not even something specific to Detroit because that's the other thing Phil's like it's a game that was created at the Indy 500 by this man and okay maybe Phil tell us that this man is from Detroit at least because we don't even get that detail so now I'm thinking is this something that should be in Indiana why is fouling fouling on the Detroit episode they well, just show you the guy. Like, my, why don't you say local man? According to Wikipedia, it was founded in 2001 in Detroit. They said the Indy 500 on the episode. The guy would have been so drunk at the time to come up with this sport. <laughs> he didn't know where he was. <laughs> they gave this guy way more airtime than the two <laughs> Olympic athletes. Yeah. Like... They gave way more airtime to the record-pressing guy than they did to Nicole and Victor. <laughs> Fair I mean, I'm not mad. <laughs> and then we obviously get to do the exciting challenge of pressing two-tone records. <laughs> Jared loved it, I can tell. Yeah, I um, same issue, but like it was okay because um, at least Colin and Christy um, were good at it and got ahead. Um, back to falling for a second. I just <laughs> really do we have to? <laughs> I just thought it was stupid that only one team member had to get the ten pins knocked down. Um, minor point, but that was I was like, why are we throwing it back and forth when only one person has to do it? Just stick them both on the same end and have the pins down the other end and make them run and get the ball. Yeah, is this a face-off? <laughs> yeah. with When they walked in there and they were explaining what it was, I said out loud, I was like, didn't you get, like, to my parents who were watching with me, I'm like, didn't you guys know that uh, Colin is actually an expert fowler? And then he goes in there and, like, knocks down eight pins on his first shot. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> he could have been. <laughs> All right, back to the records. <laughs> That's the part we really want to talk about. I actually did like it, though, in a weird way. Uh, and I think it's the the judge guy, like you're talking about the, the drill instructor. Normally, these people, it's like, okay, you give them a thumbs up or thumbs down. And I have the feeling that he was given this direction. Okay, just tell them yes or no. But instead, he's like, okay, so I really like what you did right here. You know, it's got a nice center to it. The label's nice. And it's like, you got a little bit too much bleeding here. This guy was like giving them every single detail, like, like, this was a professional sport like foaling or something like that. You know, he's he's the coach of record pressing. Something about this challenge I, I kind of liked. I don't know why. I would rather see record pressing than foaling in my TV. <laughs> I mean, this entire episode, this like leg for me was like two bad challenges sandwiched between two good challenges. And I was trying to like hurry this along. I was like, I don't want to watch like Tyler and Corey, like, try and get one pin off the thing, and then, like, oh, no, it bled red and they're yellow, and it was just, like, this is just so bad. And I all... Go ahead. I just... It just brought nothing, like, and they spent too much time on this guy, like, going through, ooh, the label looks nice, and it was just like, oh, I'm just getting out of there. Oh, that, that was great. Shut up. <laughs> 
Kristen, you were <laughs> chiming in. She forgot what she was going to say. Oh, she pulled a Rossi. She dropped out of the episode. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, so records were boring, and we got... Uh, are we a fan of the White Stripe Seven Nation Army song? You know what's funny? Um, every time this song comes on the radio or anything like that, Jamie's always like, oh, I like this song. And I'm like, oh, I can't stand this song. I have had this song in my head for the last two days now. And maybe it's the the whole giant drum choir and the the all the people singing or, or just the epicness of this challenge. But suddenly I'm like, I at least want this version of the song. Like I hope this is the A side of the Amazing Race record they pressed because like I love this song all of a sudden. Jared, are you a fan? I was a fan of the way that it was interpreted. I mean, it's not a song I listen to all the time slash ever. Um, but, uh, I think, yeah, like Colin said, like the scale of it, um, the, I think to me, like the choir was just like the best part when all these people start chiming and singing, um, not as good as the amazing race theme song marching band. Um, <laughs> but I mean, how are you going to top that? Um, but I thought this was good. The, uh, it just, it set the scene for the challenge to actually work. Hey, if this had just been in a random music shop, which is where it would have been on like another leg, like assemble a drum kit, like how boring. Um, but just the fact that it was so loud, it added that level of difficulty. Um, the fact that we finally had a challenge where I suppose like, I mean, Leo struggled on the vault, but we finally had a challenge that was people struggled at. I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of chances for the order to change this episode based on like the difficulty of a challenge. Um, so I think like the fact that this worked out so tense, um, like the producers in a way kind of locked out. Uh, Cause if you had had two teams that got stuck on that vault, there was no way anybody was catching up to people ahead. Um, so I think it worked. I'm glad it was difficult. Um, the fact that both teams struggled at a different thing, I think was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the whole just uh, Christy winning this challenge for them by like calming Colin down, but then also being like, you have to listen to the drums. Let them tell you what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved and it gave me flashbacks to the earlier episodes where she's like, which, which cow is a good cow? Listen to the cows or pick one that's good. And then the cow they pick was stubborn anyway. Um, so that was definitely a highlight of me, uh, for me of the challenge. You know, what else was good about this was, uh, I think it was Colin when they're coming into the challenge and there's all the people drumming. He gives like the type of greeting you would give when you see, you know, somebody in the military is like, uh, I, re- I respect what all of you guys do. It's like, thank you for your service, man. <laughs> it was really weird. It like, was really weird. He's, he's really into it. And then the other thing that I think aside from all the things we mentioned, like the choir and the, the drums and the, uh, the, the music playing as a soundtrack to this, the fact that they couldn't hear each other, like it was, basically just christy saying okay move that what huh <laughs> they couldn't communicate yet tyler and Corey were like they're not even raising their voices <laughs> they're communicating back and forth um i would have liked to have seen what would happen if leo and jamal were in this one too <laughs> but uh i actually don't mind it coming down to just two teams because you were able to focus more on each of those details that they missed instead of having to go to leo and jamal who are still you know, in the cab on the way here or something like that. 
Um, but the challenge, this I, I think this is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite Amazing Race challenges overall. Yeah, it was great, Kristen. How'd you feel about the song and the challenge? Um, honestly, I don't even really know the song, so I didn't really care. I don't have any like opinions on it going into it. I I did like how it was executed, though. I thought that the how loud it was was just like a frustrating part of the challenge, and yeah, I I didn't have much uh much. I don't have much input on the actual song, but because <laughs> I know some people were like talking about how this is like cruel and unusual punishment <laughs> like that it was so like that there's something about this song that people hate but like i thought it was fine in this context i thought it like colin said it was one of the most epic final challenges that wasn't a like where were you on leg three what did you what birds did you see kind of mm-hmm. stuff like it was pretty epic and obviously they really went all out with like 20 drummers like guitarists five choir people like it was full-on and it was really challenging, like the not being able to talk to each other and everything, and then the fine details that they missed. Uh, apparently, Tyler did tweet on, like, was tweeting on Twitter about how long it took them to complete the challenge. Apparently, it took them both, Colin and Christy and uh, Tyler and Corey, forty-five minutes to realize their wow. one small mistake, not just the whole thing, like the one mistake that they made. Like they were just going back forth checking trying to readjust and everything and it just took that long for them to realize what little detail they missed you know what would have been another thing to throw in this episode if they had ever gotten a confessional out of somebody for it or if it become part of it you hear any song for 45 minutes straight it's gonna drive you nuts (laughs) so i mean we had this for seven minutes we're like oh that sounded epic i would love to know like can any of them listen to this song to this day or is it just does it drive them mad now they were probably triggered watching this episode live. <laughs> it was a whole year later, though. I wonder what that was actually like. Uh, like when Corey just slips into a coma, yeah. you know, if Seven Nation Army starts. And Rossi, you never told us what your opinion was on the song. Uh, I like the song. I definitely am not going to listen to it for a long time. But <laughs> maybe a year, who knows? But, I mean, it's a good song. Can we have this entire band choir setup do the amazing race theme no like can we have the choir like dun 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 and the that's the b-side to the album they made no (laughs) will you suggest a better song rossi um a good one it's just not gonna top amazing race marching band they can't do the theme again. There's nothing better. <laughs> Not possible. All right, we're clearly done with talking about the challenge. <laughs> this is what always happens when we like are done talking and just start rambling at the end. Okay, and Colin Christie win. Yay. Yay. We're happy, right? Good. Yes. Sorry, we're happy. Um I I had had to, you know, get ready for work. Uh, in between the first episode and the second episode, but I was determined to finish this and was willing to be late for work in doing so. Uh, so I think I had woke up Jamie, you know, and said, Casper's awake now, you know, you can't leave him down here by himself. Uh, so she came down and all she saw was like the last minute of this episode or as Colin Christie were about to win. And I'm standing there waiting for it to end because I've got my shoes on, I'm ready to get out the door. And they win. And I, no joke, literally start jumping up and down 
and she's like, what's your problem? I'm like, call it a Christine <laughs> one. She's like, which one are they again? She couldn't have cared less. But I, I, I don't know the last time I've been this excited by results of Amazing Race, Survivor, anything. It was definitely a redeeming season of The Amazing Race to uh, balance out the sucky end of Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, I never get my way on Amazing Race seasons, and this was very exciting. Like, I watched it, I watched that 20 minutes on the, uh, I watched the 20 minutes live, and then I watched the whole thing the next day, and I definitely shed a tear both times they won, so that was Now, <laughs> you weren't on our first episode of the year, though, so I, at least I don't know what your opinion was of Colin Christie before the season started. Were you excited to have them back? Um. Okay, I hated them on their first season, but I was excited to have them back. It was kind of like the way I like to compare it is with like Jervis coming onto Blood versus Water, where he was like not that exciting for me on Borneo, and then I saw that he was coming onto Blood versus Water, and I was like, oh my god, it's Jervis! Like I can't believe it's Jervis! <laughs> like, it was just like the the nostalgia thing just felt like too good to not be excited even though i didn't like them the first time around i still thought like they were such good racers that like i knew that something good was going to come of them Mm -hmm. well they had and i think we mentioned this early on the season they had been offered the first all-stars but i I think that was when they had their baby or something like that maybe the second all-stars but i really hope this just opens the door for more of the older teams to come back because they try this on Survivor and it usually ends up as a flop. I mean, every once in a while you get like, everybody's excited to see Kimmy Kappenberg back and she gets far in the game, but what does she really do? To see them come back and actually somehow do better than the first time around is crazy. Like, I, I'm not, you know, holding my breath that we're going to see like, you know, uh, a peaceful uh, Zen Jonathan Victoria or anything, <laughs> but like there's a ton of teams from early seasons that... I'm dying to have back. And I feel like this is now the opportunity where we can have that. Yeah. In their exit interview with Rob, they literally said that they like reached out to CBS, that they were like showing parts of their first season to one of their kids or something. And that that was like the first time they had watched amazing race in a long time. And they like called them. It was like, Hey, (laughs) we'd be interested in coming back. If you ever do an all-star season, they're like, Hey, actually we are doing an all-star season. It was very weird. Uh, Tip to all future amazing race contestants. (laughs) If the universe tells you to do something, (laughs) So we should probably, uh, since we finished talking about the episode, let's rate it. Uh, Kristen, since you are the world famous uh, rule breaker, how you could do it this time? I I couldn't think of anything. Like, can I just buy it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I I didn't have anything funny to say. You know, I I've been getting these ratings from Rossi on the episodes that um, I'm not on. But of course, have listened to since then. Um, and of Ben Ben keeps the master list, and there's usually I'll just tell him once Rossi gets me an episode. These are the ratings. This whole season, he's like, "Do you know what the ratings were for Amazing Race?" And I'm like, "Uh," and I'll just screenshot what Rossi sent me, and he's like, "Yeah, we got to do a compilation on the end of the year uh, to get all these ratings." Uh, definitely worth a listen for Colin and those who just skip to the end. Uh, Jared, what are you going to do? Are you going to join Kristen or branch out? Um, I'm going to buy it. 
Um, and then I'm going to buy another copy um, because I think the world needs to see this. So I will hand out, loan out one copy at a time and, and convert people to the amazingness of um, Colin and Christy. Colin, are you going to join in the madness? Uh Thank you for jogging my memory because uh, I, I think that the first episode is worth buying as well. So, um, but all around episode ten and eleven, whatever these are, eleven and twelve, I think uh, both buy worthy. Um, I will buy them, not watch them for a few months, and then binge them after the end of the next season, like I'm doing with the Amazing Race season one right now. Sounds good. We're gonna have four buys, but I'm obviously gonna break the rules. I'm gonna buy it. The episode. And I'm going to buy a copy of the uh, Seven Nation Army White Stripes. <laughs> I want to buy this episode on vinyl. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you can make your own vinyl with it. <laughs> All right. So that's the rankings. Now we have to get to our preseason predictions. No. Um, I'll start with uh, Colin, who I think uh, was very off. Uh, so Nicole and Victor coming in fourth. Colin, you put them in second, so you were pretty close. I put them in third, so it was one off. Kristen, you put them in seventh, so you were quite off. And Jared, you put them in third. So that point goes to Jared and myself. Uh, Leo and Jamal, I said they would come in ninth, so I was very off. Colin, you said they'd come in eighth. Uh, Kristen, you said they would come in fifth and jared you say they'd come in second so you get the point uh tyler and Corey, i said would win so i was one off colin you said they'd come in fifth uh uh jared said they'd come in second or yes and kristen you said they'd come in second so you get the point i got a point um and last but not least the first the season that was mean. <laughs> no, I, I haven't like been my here. Point, honestly, total. <laughs> we'll find out at the end. Um, Colin and Chrissy, I said it would be second. Colin, you said they'd be fourth. Kristen said they'd be third, and Jared said they would win. So Jared gets the point. So what? What was everybody else's winner pick? I forget mine even. I'm opting I, out. <laughs> I said Tyler and Corey. You said Beck and Floyd. Kristen. Wait, wait. I, oh, let me get. Let, Kristen said Art and JJ. <laughs> No. No, she said Lily. <laughs> Lily. <laughs> and Rachel. Um, and then Jared obviously said Colin Christie, who won. Well, thank you, Jared. Uh, thank you for your service. No, no problem. I thought best to put it out there so it can come true. So, can we, bef- before we close everything out here, Colin, um, I do the final point tally. Okay, fine. You go first then. It's your show. Uh, so coming in last is you with one point. <laughs> what? What was my one point? I need to know. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I started strong. Um, Kristen coming in with two points. Yeah. Um, I come in second with one, five points, and Jared, our big winner, coming in with seven. So out of eleven, correct. Wow. Jared, I think you just set a record. Yeah, I think I might retire on that. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, it's never going to get any better. 
Um, I was going to say, I, I, we should have brought this up before, you know, Colin Christie, because it's almost like going out on a downer. But I had mentioned at the beginning of the season, I almost was away, in a way was disappointed Tyler and Corey were back because I didn't see them winning a second time around. And I feel like they're one of those teams that's so dominant that unless you win, it's it's going to be a complete waste of time. Because I feel like somebody could play Survivor and come in you know, second one season, come in fifth the next season, or pull a Sandra and get out pre-merge and still somehow not have it hurt your game. I feel like the Amazing Race is different, uh, which is one of the reasons I uh, like that the winners don't come back for All-Star seasons. But I, d- I don't know if I'm happy that they came back this time around. I think they they provide a lot of entertainment, but to see them twice come close and not get it the odds of them coming back a third time and winning, I don't see that happening. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I... Uh, I would have rather them be a Colin and Christie team that comes back, you know, 10, 15 years from now and then shows what they still have. It's just... It's it's disappointing that they come so close and don't win each time because they are one of the best teams of all time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> nobody know. else is disappointed not that I wanted them over you know um, Colin and Christy it's just it's almost heartbreaking to watch them lose twice yeah I felt I felt bad for them but it's funny that you were going to bring up this last minute like downer when I wanted to bring up like a last minute upper is that the opposite <laughs> where I was going to say like it's so crazy to me that you have these three teams at the end where a second place team finished in first and a third place team finished in second and a two time four place team came in third hmm. like I'm so impressed by these teams like this is some of like the best racing I feel like this last these last two episodes like we got some of like the strongest teams ever on a season together and I thought that was kind of cool yeah, and is is it also like I, I, it's not that I did? I know it was funny listening to Ben throughout this season, uh, or not listen. Well, I did have to listen to some of them. Unfortunately, <laughs> you guys were lucky enough to be spared from it, but it was just all about the Survivor teams for him because he doesn't really follow Amazing Race. And even though between the two shows, I'm a bigger Survivor fan than Amazing Race. When I watched the Amazing Race, I wanted the Amazing Race teams to win. Yeah. So I was really happy, even though I love you know. Uh, Eliza outside of this like in Survivor I mean she's one of my all time favorite like top 10 favorites of all time but I I didn't want her to win like when they were gone I was glad so I'm happy that it came down to especially these three I, mean, I would have been okay with the um, team fun in there as well but that these were the three teams that made the final three I couldn't have been happier with that yeah what a downer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are we? We're good, right? We're done. Yeah, we're talking too much about uppers and downers here. So <laughs> uh, let's just end it. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for being here throughout the season, filling in, drinking your tea, complaining about stupid challenges, and we'll see you for Canada coming soon. No problem. Yeah, excited to uh, talk about Amazing Race Canada and then uh, Amazing Race Australia later in the year as well. So many amazing races coming out of the woodworks. Uh, Kristen, thank you again for joining, complaining about challenges, coughing, doing all your <laughs> random ratings. Yeah, thanks for having me. I wasn't expecting to be able to talk about this season, so it was fun being able to 
actually be on for most of the season for what turned out to be a very, very good season. Yes, it was great having you and good to have your opinions. And Colin, uh, good to have you on the last episode, even though you didn't listen. You should listen. <laughs> and whoever your number one fan is should be grateful. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome <laughs> that I graced everybody with my presence. And I guess at the time this episode's actually going up, we're probably only 24 hours away from the start of Amazing Race Canada. So, um, uh, oh, that means this episode's going up on Canada Day. So happy Canada Day as well, uh, everybody. And watch Ooh. Amazing Race Canada. And that'll do it for us. Happy Canada Day to everyone. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time in Canada. Insert uh, the song at the very end, the White Stripes. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.